Bring it up, Jake. minutes here on the show are best of the best in the NBA for Tuesday night not a not a tremendously robust slate but we'll give you bets nonetheless side total and props for tonight in the association we will give you day two of Lockmas. Ken Barkley going to talk about uh, Heisman Trophy and how to bet that particular award as we head into week 13 in the great sport of college football but for now uh, we got to wrap up our handicap of uh, of week 12 in the National Football League we have four more games to hit and actually like we should do this in the show because we haven't really talked about it yet and I know we we did this game yesterday earlier today the Pittsburgh Steelers firing off Offensive coordinator Matt Canada. It'll be uh, former Giants offensive coordinator Mike Sullivan. Sully! Sully! Calling the plays. He will not be the offensive coordinator. The running backs coach will be the OC, but Sullivan's going to call the plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, which, like, I guess I like, can't be worse than it had been under Matt Canada, and obviously the futility just absolutely ridiculous. Also, like, maybe Kenny Pickett's, like, just, like, kind of bad. Um, I- I'll say, and I said yesterday on the show, I like the Steelers in the game. I don't know how, like, you could like them less or, like, the Bengals more after this move. It makes me like Pittsburgh more. Ken, you you don't, like, you're, you're not going to bet the game Sunday, but you got Steelers to make the playoffs. Does this make you more bullish in that bet on the Steelers now that Matt Canard has been dismissed? Someone, it's like not Zach Wilson playing quarterback for the Jets. I guess Tim Boyle could be the offensive coordinator. Like, here's Adam Gase uh, <laughs> with Sully now calling yeah. the plays for the Steelers. Sully. Uh, Sully dog. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, of course I'm more optimistic now, even if it's by like 0.1% because they, they had something that they were like the worst at and being smart people, they're trying to not be the worst at it anymore. Now, maybe their attempt to not be the worst is futile. Maybe they're still the worst at it, but they're trying. So I, I love when teams try to fix the stuff that they're bad at. I love when they do that. And, you know, Tomlin puts out like the very, very like short statement like you know we 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 thank Matt Canada also we wish him luck the rest of his career okay bye period and it's just really funny because it's like three or four weeks ago the fans are training fire Canada and he's like ha ha fans like oh yeah like that's funny it's like no that's serious is what it is like you actually should probably fire this guy and they did um yeah just as look if if you have a bet on a team to do good things during a season and they're really bad at something you're gonna want them to fix it or try to fix it at least. And so the Steelers are doing that. So I, yeah, I'm a little bit more bullish on it. Does it make me want to bet more on it? No. Uh, but I think like you, just can't be worse. At least we're at least they're trying stuff. That's a really good indicator. Try stuff. That's always a good sign when something's not working. Um, so yeah, I think I, I share an opinion with you on this one. Yeah, and I, it makes me like the Steelers more. I do think the Steelers will win on the road in Cincinnati on Sunday. Like, big difference going from the Browns' defense to the Bengals' defense. with Jay, And Jake Browning, I, I like DTR more than Jake Browning also, so I like the Steelers coming up on Sunday. I know Steelers fans nationwide very happy. They blamed Canada, and they were right to do so. Yep. All right. 
Now the rest of the games coming up that we haven't discussed yet. Ken, for Week 12 in the National Football League. Let's do the Chiefs game next here with Kansas City on the road in Las Vegas. Uh, we've seen movements in the market today, like not around, like not like to a key number or anything, right. but a little bit of money coming in, Ken, on the Raiders. This was nine and a half this morning. The points spread currently sits KC, a nine-point road favorite at the Raiders. The total here is 43. The Raiders, and like the total's been bet down. This was 44 earlier in the day. Um, the Raiders obviously lose to the Dolphins on Sunday, but cover basically wire to wire in the game, lose the game by only seven. Kansas City obviously loses to the Eagles on Monday Night Football. And I think, you know, a conversation that we'll have that I'm sure a lot of, like, people that do betting content will have, like, in, is Kansas City built, like, to win games by margin? But this is going to be, like, what, what the offense looks like, especially in the second halves of games. Let's chop it up, Ken. Chiefs and the Raiders on Sunday in Vegas. Pen, pencil, blood, or blank. And not even, uh, not even cover large margins like the rest of the season, like, short week travel division opponent you know like this isn't this isn't a picnic in terms of just the setup for this game for kansas city i i i i get why the the raiders got bet people probably feel like the number's too big kansas city hasn't scored in the second half what three straight games something like that um haven't haven't played particularly well in the second half of the games most of the season all right if you're a bad second half team then you do you want to bet the minus nine or the plus nine against the, the team that's, <laughs> you want to bet on the team that's bad in the second half minus nine or you want to bet the other team so i kind of get it but just from like a range standpoint okay like what uh you know what range of point spread do i think this game should always exist in like seven and a half to nine and a half i think is fine uh you know like sh should the chiefs ever be just seven in the game i don't think so i don't think the raiders have although despite playing well three straight weeks i don't think they have necessarily earned like that level of credit yet in terms of how i think about them um should the chiefs ever be 10 or more than 10 in a game I think that's where you probably lose a lot of people based on how we've seen Kansas City play games so far. So I, I don't disagree with like anything in this range. Um, I think it, it is. It's funny because you're like, can the Chiefs cover a big number? My thing is more just, yeah, like what are the Raiders going to be the rest of the season too? Like win, win, cover, and had a couple drives to tie the game. I mean, just it really like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but like they can be competitive in this game. So I, I think. I think the market's kind of got this one right in terms of how I think about it. Like if I had to bet the game, like I I guess I would take the nine, but I really, I don't, I, I think a lot of people are going to like the Raiders this weekend. I think I'm more just indifferent. I don't like KC, but I think I'm more, I think I'm more indifferent on the game. Uh, we can talk about the total in a second too. Yeah, yeah I think the total is probably more interesting, honestly, than the side. I agree with you. Like I think I'd take the right. nine with the Raiders if I did anything in this game, but I mean, I, I think it's probably just a, just a pass. I think you're probably right, like, on the point. Like, if it were 7, I'd take the Chiefs. If it were 10, I'd take the Raiders. We're in between right. probably nothing. Like, may maybe the Raiders get bet a little more, and we get, like, the Chiefs. Maybe, like, tomorrow, by the time we do the show, maybe it's 8.5 in the con eight and a half. And do we want to tease the Chiefs to 2.5 with some of, the, some of the other games on the board? Um, the total's really fascinating. Was 44, which is one of, like, the key numbers, like, in this range of totals. Now sitting at 43. So I guess, you know, is... Do you want to buy the dip here on Chiefs totals? Like right. 43 for a Kansas City game. Like they they literally can't score in the second halves of games. They're averaging five points per game per second half of games this season. Um, yep. The Browns have scored more points in totality this year than the Kansas City Chiefs have. Yep. Um, also, it's also it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Kelsey and it's Andy Reid and Matt Nagy. Apparently, everyone thinks it's Matt Nagy's. And it's the Raiders' defense. Maybe it is. 
who might Raiders who might be onto something, but like really, like we don't, I don't well, think we well, know. Well, they, yet they play that style, you yeah. know. They play that style where right. they're gonna let you have tons of yards, but try and keep yep. you out of the end zone, which like worked last week against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you have a desire to play over here now that it's sitting at forty-three. I thought about it. Just uh, you know, I, it's easy to watch last night and some of these games and think like. Yeah, low score. Raiders, brutal pace team. They want to play slow. The Chiefs are so inefficient. Um, you know, that was a, a rainy Monday night against a, a really good team. And this is ideal scoring conditions. Again, I still have a lot of questions about the Raiders defense. I know you the style thing you bring up. Maybe that's the way to play the game, honestly, is like what's been the story of the Chiefs season? Uh, inefficient offense. Okay, so what do we think is going to happen in this game if it's going to follow the pattern of what's happened in their games this season? Uh, they're going to move the ball 20 to 20 really well, and they're going to settle for a bunch of field goals. So, okay, like what does that correlate to? Like what types of bets? Like field goal overs, touchdown unders and touchdown nos, I guess to be fair, uh, and yardage overs. So like, is Pacheco going to have a really good game? Is Kelsey going to have a lot of yards? And then they're going to get in the red zone and they're going to kind of do what they've done. And the Raiders are going to do what they've done and uh, and have like a little bit better performance. So maybe if it's if it's like the other Chiefs games, that's kind of what it's going to be. I guess I'm just trying to like the Raiders are a little tough right now because of like the three. I I still am. And I'm the guy who bet them last week. And it's like, I, I still am not totally sure what this is going to be. I just I'm not quite sure uh, even through three games of like what this team is like I, I have like a bad idea of what the team is so maybe it's some of those bets that i mentioned i think side total like i'm good on but maybe it's a maybe it's a prop game maybe it's a maybe it's a kansas city wins by small margin bet or at halftime maybe it's a bet on them to continue to have a bad second half and, and from a live betting standpoint there's i think there's a bunch of ways to play it but look is should this be seven or ten i think we're both in agreement that like no this is fine I'm just I'm I'm spitballing here and we're like talking this out on the air. It's first time like yeah. I've had a conversation with someone about this game this week. I guess like as I'm thinking about it and we're talking about it, I guess the question I'm asking myself is, and it's a side and a total question. Um, in all seriousness, how are the Raiders scoring? Right. Like I know they have uh, Devontae and they have Josh Jacobs. It's this defense though. Like the Kansas City. And Trump was saying this off the air about number one receivers. I don't think he said it on the air, but I, I don't think he would mind me saying this. It's, he's just making an observation that the Chiefs defense has done a really, really, really good job against number one wide receivers so far this year. A.J. Brown yesterday would be the latest example of that uh, excellence in that area for the Kansas City defense. And uh, so what's Devontae Adams going to be in this game? What's that going to look like? And okay, if it's not him, and it's Aiden O'Connell and Jacobs and Jacoby Myers... Like, okay, like, what's what's this going to be? Uh, inefficient, bad, slow. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I understand why the under gets bet. Is it a uh, another question? And again, like, I, I think it's good to talk about all this stuff, even if uh, it's spontaneous, even if we haven't thought about it yet. Is there a, is it as simple as like favorite over dog under, like a normal nine point spread where like those are the correlations and also because of how like the Raiders play? Like, are, are, are the Raiders going to, like, are the Raiders going to score? And therefore, are they going to, like, cover a game that goes way over? Seems less, they can, just seems unlikely, I guess, the way we see the game playing out. And this is kind of just like, can the Chiefs offense finally, this is going to be the talk all week, is how broken the offense is. Does that create a buy opportunity? To your point, like you said, by the dip. To be fair, like, everyone's talking about it. It's reflected in the market the under's getting bet. So, like, it is a dip. That's what it is. And maybe maybe it takes a couple more weeks and then you buy or it never works out. But you are getting a discount right now on the Chiefs scoring points. There's no question about that. I, I think I, I would be more apt, and we'll move on from this game in a second. I think I'd be more apt to lay Kansas City than bet the under. 
I, the more I think about it, the more I think like the final score of this game is like 20 to 10 Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I just play for play, like the Raiders offense is not going to have a good performance. It's almost impossible that they have a good performance in this game. I think I'm going to uh, lay Kansas the same... City the more we talk about it. I think I'm talking myself into laying the Chiefs. But but I think what you run into is uh, what's been the, the kind of the bugaboo for Kansas City, which is 20 to 20. It looks awesome. And then we're in the red zone and we're messing it up and we're fumbling and we're, you know, uh, dropping passes. And then uh, here comes Harrison Butker four times. And it should be, you know, it should be 21 nothing. It's 9 nothing, or something like that. And then the Raiders, again, the, the margin for error for the Raiders goes up in that situation. They don't have to score a couple touchdowns. They only have to score once. So I just, that's, that's been the Kansas City thing kind of the whole year. It's just, can they shake that? Is this the situation to shake it? This opponent, this setup? Or is that opportunity coming later? Is it, a, is it a couple more clunky performances? Is there a catalyst for it to be different? We talk about that all the time. Are they doing anything different? No. So if they're not going to do anything different, why is it going to be different? I guess that's that's the question we have to ask, too. I think the question we really need to answer, will Taylor Swift be in attendance or not? That's what maybe, we're maybe all that's, wondering maybe that's, about. Maybe that's, maybe that's what the Chiefs need. Okay, that's the Chiefs and the Raiders. The other team that played last night and won, the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll start the handicap here. We'll carry it over to the next segment. Um, the Eagles host the Bills in like, just a badass game on Sunday afternoon. It's really the good. Eagles are Eagles are currently... Uh, like in between a three and a three and a half point home favorite, like 3.25. It's three minus 15 at BetMGM. The Bills are three plus, uh, plus 05. Total 48 and a half. So I got a pretty like respectful line to Buffalo, honestly. The Eagles, like not a full three and a half point favorite here in between three and three and a half against the Eagles. Uh, Ken, pen, pencil, blood or blank, Eagles and Bills. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> there's part of me that feels like I'm on the dumb side here, I guess, or something. Uh, I, I have a strong opinion on this game. I love Philadelphia on this game. I like I, I think I don't think the spread is crazy because we know how Buffalo gets rated in all these games. We know we know how they get rated. They rate one of the best teams in the league all the time. And coming off of a really, really good performance, how do you think they're you think we're gonna go back to the Buffalo that like couldn't move the ball and turned it over and everything. They they changed offensive coordinators and they gave you a really good data point. I think there's optimism that they're onto something here. I think there's optimism that they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make a big run. That's reflected in this price. You're, we're removing home field and Philly has a home field, by the way. We're removing home field from this game and there's almost no difference between the teams. I uh, I that can be true and maybe Buffalo's onto something. I mean, it'll be really interesting to watch. I just disagree. I, I think the things that are problematic with Buffalo remain problematic. Uh, I think Josh Allen turns the ball over too much. I think the defense is brutal and isn't playing Zach Wilson anymore. Like what, how are the Eagles not smashing offensively in this game? H how, how are they not doing that? Like the the Bills have played Russell Wilson and Zach Wilson, the Wilsons, that's gonna be no more Wilsons. We're all done. Like just uh, now it's, now here's Jalen Hurts and here's this offensive line. I, I kind of think they're gonna be able to do whatever they want on, on offense in the game. Maybe Buffalo scores two. Maybe it's an awesome kind of a shootout game because Eagles pass defense hasn't been very good. I'm even skeptical it's that though. Like I'm actually kind of skeptical Buffalo's gonna hang around in this game. Uh, I know the Eagles are gonna score. Feel really confident in that. Normally that would be like a seven point spread kind of a game. It's not, uh, I really like Philly. I wanna know what Wade Wilson's up to this weekend, former NFL quarterback. Great uh, question. On the other side, more on the Bills and Eagles. Then we'll get to the Ravens and the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. 
the Vikings and the Bears on Monday Night Football. All right, we've got a bunch more games to hit here on Handicap Week 12 in the National Football League. We'll get to Lochmas. We'll get to our NBA bets for tonight as well. Appreciate everyone listening to us on Satellite Radio, Sirius Channel 160, and XM Channel 205. Jake, bring the music back up, please. And Ken, let's finish our thought here on the Eagles and the Bills, where I think, I think you and I talked about this yesterday, hashtag off air. Uh, I agree with you on, on Philadelphia. Um, and you know what? Like, big miss by me. And, like, I don't know how you feel about, like, the Bills-Jets game. Like, I, I really liked the Jets, and I kind of made my handicap kind of, like, all about Buffalo. And, like, this is why I don't like Buffalo. And I kind of ignored, like, the, the, the Jets' offense with Zach Wilson actually, like, is not going to be able to score at all. And they hate him, and the team's ready to come apart at the seams. So, Buffalo able to beat, like, a bad opponent last week and cover the spread. I feel like... I feel like it's probably going to be like same old Bills now in this game against like a much better opponent here on the road in the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm with you here at three. I like the Eagles. And I would just say like if people like Buffalo, like, yeah, like they can win. They can cover. Just just like bet the over. Like, how are the Eagles not scoring a ton in this game? You're going to need Buffalo to score, I think, to cover or win the game. Curious your thought on that, Ken, with the uh, with the total and if it's correlated to a side. I know this this might sound like a waste of time for a second. I, so I, I agree with you, like Bills over feels correlated to me too, because I don't think their defense is remotely capable of stopping Philadelphia. Now, cool, like can the Eagles stall in the red zone? I mean, yeah, except they're like the one offense that's built to never do that with the way they run short yardage. I, I guess they can. Um, like, can the Bills really hold up in that game? I just want to like frame, the, like here's the Bills schedule. And I bring this up because the Bills are about to enter a brutal month for them uh kind of similar to what the eagles are actually both teams playing each other in the middle of tough uh, schedule stretches like here's the bill and I'll, i'll read it quickly we won't do even do home away but just to frame like if they were gonna get smoked in this game would we even really know like based on who they've played so far like what evidence like what evidence do we have of how they're gonna whether they're gonna hold up in a game like this so the opponents so far jets monday night football opener we know rogers all that stuff raiders commanders dolphins Jags, Giants, Patriots, Tampa, the Bengals, Denver, the Jets. Now, Miami brings in a lead offense to the table, and we all that was 48-20 Buffalo. That was also before Buffalo suffered some of the season-ending defense. Like, the current form of the Bills, with all the defensive players hurt, and, and honestly, like, they might be more injured this week than they've ever been before on the defensive side of the ball. That's really only been in play for, like, four or five weeks now, basically. And during that period of time, they basically just played Joe Burrow. That's, like, the only guy they played where you'd be like, it would even matter. Like, it's Russell Wilson, it's Zach Wilson, it's Mac Jones. It's the game they almost lost to the Giants on that Sunday night. Like, there's nothing about those games is going to tell you how they hold up against the Eagles. And you look at the Burrow game, and it's like, yeah. Like, you know, Cincinnati scored 24. They had six yards per play. They were pretty good in the red zone. So the Bills are going to show up here and hold up? Like, wh- when? Why? What is the? What is any evidence that that's going to happen? So, like, can they win? Sure. 31-28 is how they win. And, like, getting the ball last and the offense looking like how it looked last week and being able to keep that up. So, yeah, like, I, I just... Like I might bet the Eagles and bet the over because I'm I think I'm, I feel like I'm going one and one or two and zero oh, honestly like no matter what in the game uh, if you if you like the Bills I agree with you my advice would be parlay them but I I would be concerned like are they getting any stops like that's what I would worry about because like Joe Burrow is an electric player and he had played like started to play well going into that game but like the Cincy offense hasn't been what we thought it like this is. This is so much different than all those opponents. They don't, we don't really have like 
a recent test. It's Cincinnati. That's the recent test game in the last seven weeks, basically. That's the recent test game since the Bills got beat up a lot on their defense. Like, you can't really use the Miami game. They were all good then. So I just, it's it's just tough. I, I just, I, it's tough for me to envision Buffalo's defense doing anything here. I feel like I've said that 15 times. I'll stop. I, I agree. I like Philadelphia in the game. Uh, over if you like the Bills, totally. And this is going to, I think, be like a great prop game where, like Gabe Davis airballed this past week against the Jets. I think he could have a nice game this week against this Eagles sure. secondary. And on the flip side, like I want to know how, like I want to know how Devontae Smith doesn't go for a hundred. Also, like AJ Brown bounce back big time on the way this week. How can it not be against this Bills secondary? Everyone bounce back. Yeah, we I may. Think it's gonna be... uh, we're not going to do comeback this year or this week, but we may get Demar Hamlin in this game too. Uh, but Rapp Micah Hyde's yeah. questionable, and they're yeah, and Rap's already out. Like I think we're I think we're almost certain to get him. But I just I want to know. I obviously want to see the inactive list to know for sure. But I, we might see Demar Hamlin a lot the rest of the season. The Bills are extremely injured on their defense and in their secondary. And Hamlin was like the last man up. Like he's the last guy on the roster. So everybody's hurt. He gets to play. That's how he got on the field before. Like that's that's going to happen. And not a comeback player of the year conversation, but just to like give you an idea of like what they're down to here and remove all of the off-field DeMar Hamlin conversation just for a second. I believe Pro Football Focus last year had him rated as the worst safety in the league from a performance standpoint. So like just to give you an idea, this is not you're going to hear his name and all the emotions are going to happen, just like the player that is currently going to play for the Bills on Sunday. Like this is what they're down to. They're down to like some of their backups of backups, and that's really problematic going up against this Eagles offense on the road. We mentioned I I like the Eagles in the game. Yep. Uh, You better better hear with Nick and Ken on a Tuesday, rolling through our handicap week 12 in the NFL. Two more games to hit. Ken, Sunday night football in the City of Angels. The Chargers with their dead coach walking, Brandon Staley, who's starting to snap at the media. I think there's a guy who knows it's coming apart at the seams. Yep. Uh, Chargers, three-and-a-half-point home dogs against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. This will be game one for Baltimore without star tight end Mark Andrews, who like may or may not be back if the Ravens get to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. This is not that. We can have that conversation in January if and when you know we have to. Uh, so Baltimore laying three and a half. Total here is 47. Uh, pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Ravens and Chargers Sunday Night Football. Uh, my first thought is I think the spread is like, I agree that it's more than three. I, I'd make the game more than three. When I think about the game, that makes sense to me. Now, whether it's like three and a half, four, four and a half, that's like a more nuanced discussion. And maybe I would like Baltimore a little bit at this number. Maybe it's a little short, but it's more than a field goal. They're never going to be seven in the game. I think that's all totally fine. Uh, the total looks a little high to me. And I know the Chargers defense has been really bad. Like the Ravens defense is electric and the Chargers offense has been brutal. Like what kind of game is this going to be? Like I just I'm a little skeptical that we can get to like a shootout in this game uh, with how the Chargers offense has played so far. And again, like Ravens, like one of the best defenses in the league by all measurement. Um, So I just that's the part of it where like in this current NFL season of 47, when a team with like maybe the best second best defense in the league is playing is a, is a little tough to get to. Um, but I don't like strongly disagree with anything on it. It would be like maybe the under side more than a field goal. I think makes sense. If I had to bet it, I'd probably bet Baltimore. And look, I think the injury report will matter here for, for like the LA chargers. Are they going to sure. get Jalen Guyton back? Are they going to get Gerald Everett back? 
like Stone Smart looked good last week, but also like this, like you don't you don't want these guys. Like Quint Quinton Johnson's got to hit the bench, right? And for him to be hit the bench, you need Jalen Guyton to come back. So like let's let's see what this injury report looks like for the and Chargers. On defense, so they get to get no some players back for the first time. And on deep yeah. and on defense, no Joey Bosa, great call. He's placed on injured reserve, going to miss at least four games for the LA Chargers. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. I don't know if it was on air or off air. I think it was on air, right? And like I. I, I like the Chargers a little bit just at this number where I think what's very likely is them they'll lose a close game. Like they'll lose by three, they'll find a way <laughs> to foul it up at do. the end. Because <laughs> they always they do. always do. Yeah. But like but like their their quarterback's awesome. And I everyone wants to pile on Herbert. Like, I'm sorry, like do you watch the games? Like if Quinton Johnson catches that ball, he's wide open. Like he probably scores or they go to overtime. Like should have won that game. He's got nothing he's got like all the play Quinton Johnson's a negative player. Um so we'll see what the injury report holds. If they get some players back, uh, I'm going to take the points with the Chargers here. May honestly, like maybe it's even just like play the Ravens to win by a small amount. Maybe that's really because I don't know if the Chargers are going to win the game, but right. I do think, think that they're, they're very likely the to keep it close. Yeah, I right. think they'll charge yeah. it. I think they're very likely to keep it very close, and like Herbert's going to play well under the lights, and they'll lose at the end because their coach is Brandon Staley, and the Ravens' coach is John Harbaugh, and one's good and one's going to get fired. That's kind of how yeah. I see this game going. So, like, Chargers are nothing. I haven't bet it yet, but I think I'm going to end up taking the points with the Bolts. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. We'll have our first injury report of the week for the Sunday games, and we'll uh, we'll give our bet side and total for every game because, you know, tomorrow's our last show of the week. Thank God. Uh, let's wrap it up here, Ken, for Week 12. Probably do Lochmas on the other side. With the Vikings and the Bears on Monday Night Football, we don't think Justin Jefferson's going to play in the game based on like early reporting, right? Yep. So we think Jeff Jefferson will probably be held out through the Vikings bye, and he would return in week 14, which uh fantasy football playoff stretch run for Justin Jefferson owners who like have held on to him this whole time. Vikings right now in between a three and a three and a half point home favorite. Total in the game is 43. Josh Dobbs and the Vikings losing in like kind of heartbreaking fashion, like leading the whole game and lose to the Broncos at the end on Sunday Night Football. And the Bears, even though they lost on Sunday to the Lions and just like like a classic like field Eberflus loss, um, they did acquit themselves very well in the game. And I think you and I kind of said this on air yesterday. Like I don't think the Bears are great. I also don't think they're like terrible anymore. Like they were like they were awful at the beginning of the year. I think they've improved. As the year has gone on. So I don't think they're brutal. Uh, pen, pencil, blood, or blank for you, please, Ken, here on the Vikings and the Bears. I had, like, completely forgotten about the first meeting between the two teams also, by the way. I was just looking it up right now. I knew they had played uh, a 1913. No, that's the first no Jefferson. First, first game in Jefferson. And Bajan starting for uh, for the Bears in the game, right? Was that Bajan? Uh, yeah, that was his starting. Think that, I think Fields got hurt in that game and Bajan came You think that in. was the game? I would have to double check. I'm looking at I don't right. think uh, October started 15th. That game. I think Fields started. I'll, You're I'll, right. I'll Fields did start the game. I have the, right. I have the box score up right here. Yeah, I, I thought. I thought it was uh, about basically about a month ago. I thought maybe that was the first page. You're absolutely right. So this was like Bajan. Remember, like Bajan got hurt and he threw that interception and like the Vikings returned it for a touchdown. And the Vikings that was sure. how they ended up winning the game. Right. And uh, so, and my my point was going to be, man, it was like a month ago. Like Cousins was the quarterback, obviously for the Vikings. Like, is there, is there anything about that game that correlates to this game? Like, zero. Like, almost nothing, honestly. I guess, like, well, they had a good game plan for Kirk Cousins on defense. Great, it's Josh Dobbs. Like, I what, so? So what? Um, the way the Bears offense played last week, and I, you know, Lions obviously had a big comeback in the game. Lions turned the ball over a lot in that game. Um, 
my first thought here was actually the over with fields playing now with 43 perfect weather game obviously um but you know like I, again am i am i gonna make the case that three and a half is too many i think it's when i first thought about this game i go would I make the game three or three and a half? Like, what would I make the game without the Bears are playing right now? And we're kind of between the two numbers. And I still don't know what I would make the game between. I know it's a big difference, obviously, between those. I don't know which one I would make it without Dobbs is playing right now. Maybe three is the right number in the game with uh, with Dobbs as the quarterback. But I'm kind of back and forth between that at three and a half, like it would be the Bears or nothing. But I think it's going to be nothing. I think. I think it's going to be nothing. Uh, thoughts on the total? 43. Yeah, like, I, well, as I said... Like I over if anything, but I mean, like we've been, I've been, I've been off totals for like eight weeks here for the most part. Like we've just been, we've been and seriously. Cause it's just like, I better, better ways to spend my money and my time, honestly, with how these things go. Usually just looks a little low with how these two offenses have played recently. Like there's nothing about that Denver game. That's going to tell you about Josh Dobbs in a game like this. It just, it's, it's going to be like nine day, totally different. Just how Denver plays. Um, but I don't know. I lean over something like that. Do you agree that like, were you between three and three and a half, or were you were you thinking differently about the game? No, I I I I think it's like spot on, and I actually agree with what you said that at three and a half, I would take the points with the Bears. Part of I me, think so. Yeah, I I I, I kind of want to play the Bears to win the game, but okay. one head coach is Matt Eberflus, and the other is Kevin O'Connell. Right. I think it's Vikings I think it makes by a small it margin. Tough. Vi- right, Vikings yeah. by a small margin, I think is which pretty. Is, which likely, is what the but, spread is. They're going to win smaller. I mean, like, they're going to win by a little more than three. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I think the Bears are going to be as long as like Field stays the quarterback. I think they're going to be pretty frisky down the stretch. Like the defense sure. is healthy. They have sweat now. Obviously, like say what you want about Eberflus, he's a terrible head coach because guy can coach defense. Like there's no question about that. Like the defense sure. is not bad for the Chicago Bears. Like I thought Fields played pretty well on Sunday. Just like when it comes down to it in the big moments, like they're going to screw it up. Like, Fields is going to do something stupid. Eberflus is going to make a bad decision. They're going to find a way to lose at the end. And I know the Vikings found a way to lose at the end of the game against the Broncos. But, like, the the profile of Kevin O'Connell has been, like, we're going to find a way to win close games. Like, they lost to Russell Wilson at the end of the game. Russ has got to... I I know we bagged on him a lot, me included. Like, the guy's had a pension for doing this in his career. So, I I think the Vikings probably win by, like, one, two, or three is my guess. So three and plus three and a half. <laughs> I would really creating a wide margin. One, two, or three. Uh, which one do you, you think know. is the most likely? Yeah, just adds, so, I mean, that's the last game, obviously, for uh, for this week. I'm trying to think of, like, the stuff that I'm the most confident. Feel It's like, you know, look, like, we're going to get late in the year. And this is why I did this thing on teasers yesterday, too, right? Like, we're going to get later in the season. We've all seen the teams play a lot. The market, I think, has a much better idea about the differences between teams. Early in the season, we're all guessing, market included. So it's much more of a guess than it is right now. We, we're all, I think we're all pretty on the same page about a lot of this stuff. So my point is just like, okay, then if the numbers are really, really good, like if it's like, that's a great, that's perfect. That's the difference between the teams right there. Then then it's good to tease away, right? Then maybe it's even good to money line parlay a little bit. Okay, then, yeah, I am really confident that team's going to win the game then. And I, I agree with this market projection, but they're at seven, nine, ten point favorite, whatever. And so now you start using some other tools in the toolbox, I feel like, down the stretch here, a little more than we used the first part of the year. Because we're going to talk about a lot of these games and be like, this is the side. What do you think? And be like, I agree. Like, I think that's what it's supposed to be. And if that's the way you feel, that's a good game to tease away from. That's a good game to like manipulate the point spread because maybe that's pretty rock solid. What are you most confident in for Sunday's slate? Very quickly. Denver winning. I've, uh, I, I, I can't think they're believe on. how I think much they're I love. I think they're I, I, well, yeah. I, I agree yeah. with you on that. 
I can't believe how much I love the Falcons against the Saints on Sunday. Too much. A bet too much. On the other side, Lochmas and NBA bets to wrap up the show and college hoops. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Appreciate all of them. Our friend Adam Chernoff, our friend Sam Paniotovich, our friend Connor Allen, and our friend Alex Christensen, better known to you and yours as noobs. Thank you very much to our guests today. Our executive producer, Alex Fasano, our technical director, Tyler Morales, our engineer, Jake the Snake Hassan, and our video producer, God's Perfect Creation, the best in the business, downtown. Mike Brown. Coming up after us, BetMGM tonight. A four-hour live betting extravaganza that you will definitely not want to miss. Coming up after us here on the BetQL Network. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern time. All right, we got a huge Wednesday show coming up tomorrow. A bunch of our regular guests from later in the week will be joining us, as well as like some of our Wednesday regulars. It's going to be awesome. We'll bring you all our NFL picks, obviously, for Thursday and Friday and Sunday. That's coming up tomorrow on the show. Absolutely can. I cannot wait for it. So Wednesday going to be a loaded edition of You Better, You Bet. And then I'm going to get loaded on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Absolutely can't wait for that either. Uh, but for now, before we get to the NBA bets for tonight and our NBA best of the best, let's get you set, dear listener and dear viewer, to bet the Heisman Trophy and college football on this day two of Lochmas. College football is the best time of the year. The fight songs. Announcers going crazy. Mario Anderson still on his feet. Got free. Mario. Super Mario. Touchdown. The roar of the crowd. But for Nick and Ken... College football only sounds like one thing. It's Lochmas time on You Better You Bet. Hey! All right, Lockie. They all like, I'll start mixing a couple Lockies now. Now, well, you know, Lockie. Just to, uh, well, you know something, Locke. Just to kind of, you know, mix it up a little bit. Uh, the Heisman Trophy market at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Jaden Daniels, a minus price now. We talked about this with Tim Brando yesterday. I thought, by the way, like, I know it was like an abbreviated interview. I, I loved, like, his thoughts. And whether he's right or not is almost, like, immaterial. I thought it was really well thought out and, like, well-reasoned what he said about national title and Heisman Trophy. Jaden Daniels, the favorite, Ken, Locke. Minus 130, Bo Nix plus 140, Michael Penix plus 600, Marvin Harrison 30 to 1, Carson Beck 33 to 1. We can cut it off there, and maybe I should have cut it off sooner. Uh, thoughts here, please, Santa, on how to bet the Heisman Trophy market right now. Yeah, uh, three points here. First one, I think people know where I'm at. Uh, bought a ton of Nix, bought a ton of Harrison together uh, three, four weeks ago. And trying to ride that thing to the finish line and uh and not sure if we're going to get there Knicks would obviously be the candidate at this point that would get there point that's point number one just like that's where i'm at uh point number two athletic straw poll came out today as it does every single tuesday it's a giant shrug emoji uh daniels Knicks, and Penix were basically separated by nothing all of them received almost the exact number same number of first place votes uh Knicks and Penix both got 11 daniels got nine so that's we're not anywhere yet like the actual how people actually feel is probably pretty properly represented in this betting market, to be honest. Even though you would think this could be like a crazy situation, this poll and this market are actually the same, which gets me to point number three, which is the results of future games will obviously determine who wins. 
And I think everybody likes Oregon against Washington. And that's why if you're like, well, Penix has all these first place votes, how can he not be the bet right now? If you think they're going to beat Oregon, then you should bet him. Like you should bet him at this price. In fact, you should bet him at this price instead of betting him to beat Oregon, probably. <laughs> because if they win, his likelihood of winning the Heisman is really high. Now, there's not a one-to-one -one correlation there, but it's like another way to think about that game. Like this is, Penix's price is kind of like Washington money line to a certain extent. Daniels can still win anyway, but Penix's odds get much, much, much lower if they win the game. So I think like playing it out with these permutations, just like we did with the Eagles, right? And with the Eagles, I actually feel pretty confident in a lot of the permutations. Like if this happened, here's who would win MVP. I don't feel that way here. Uh, and I'll, we'll go through, there's three of them basically that we would have to play out, right? So, and I, I wanna put like Ohio State beats Michigan so Harrison wins. I don't even know if that's possible the way that everyone thinks about this award right now. I'm not really sure that's gonna happen. And I also think Michigan's gonna win the game anyway, so we won't talk about it. Uh, it's basically like, all right, um, you know, Daniels is great against A&M and Knicks wins against Washington, beats Oregon State and beats Washington. Who wins? And this is like, I think this is the one everyone's dealing with right now because it's the most likely one. And I don't know the answer. I don't think the voters know the answer. So the idea that someone knows the answer is insane to me right now. The people who are telling you how they feel are all split. But you know? That, how does that make any sense? So it's like, oh, well, the numbers will win out in the end. Well, half the time you're right. And you get to take a victory lap. And the other half, the people who said winning takes precedence, they get to take a victory lap. I don't, I don't think the voters know. I think they have no idea. And I think how Knicks plays against Oregon State and how he plays against Washington might actually figure might actually figure this thing out. Uh, if Daniels is great and Knicks beats Washington, I don't know what would happen. I don't think anybody knows what would happen. I think it would be really close. I think it'd be really close. That's just my honest answer. Like Daniels is essentially Lamar Jackson, insane stats without a signature like Heisman moment. Jackson beat Florida State that year in like week five, didn't beat Clemson, lost on the road, like a last second play, like didn't really have that game, just like Daniels didn't have that game. Uh, but Jackson kind of won because the other candidates like fell apart a little bit and he was clearly the record-breaking candidate. So like you need Knicks to flop maybe, maybe. Okay, so that one's like 50-50 for me. Knicks loses to Washington. So Penix wins and Daniels is great. I think some people would do the same thing. They'd be like, well, Penix. Well, that's what it is. Except there seems to be this like a little more aversion to like the fact that Penix is really good and that like that's definitely gonna happen. I'm not even sure what would happen in that situation. And you're welcome to play that one out and think about it. How will people weight Daniel's numbers versus Penix being undefeated, being a quarterback of an undefeated yeah, I, team? Can I, give, yeah. can I give you my opinion? And like, I, I don't pay as close attention to Which differs to from the market, the MVP market. What you're about to say is yeah. like way different than the market. Yeah. I, I think Penix would win if if, if they beat right. Oregon and he had a great game and they went undefeated. I think Penix would win. Right, right. So I, I think my point is like, if you think that, I'm I don't know. I'm more like I really don't know. I really don't know. Uh, well, well, if you think that, guess. and it's a you, guess. You could be wrong. But just what do you think? I think if Daniels had a great game against AM and Penix won the Pac-12 title game, and like and, and played well in the game and had good stats. Well, I mean, it has to, to beat Oregon. I mean, it just, it's like almost like impossible. I guess they could run the ball for a lot, but like, whatever. Uh, I'll say Penix close. But I, I, my point is like, if you, like you're, that you're very confident in that opinion. And I think other people listening to this will be too. And I'll be, I'll be done in a second. I only have a few minutes left. Uh, it's okay. Then you, you, you have to bet Penix then. Like it's just Washington to win that game is going to be, they're going to be a small dog. He's like six to one to win. Is the MGM price six on the screen right now or is it eight? It looks ridiculous. So um, just like that number is not their money line. So if you think that, then he's the bet. If you think that, I don't, I don't know. 
Like, I don't know what voters are going to wait. I don't think they know. Like, stats versus winning. What do you value more? We don't have a lot of examples of this historically where th that have been this extreme where it's like the winning guy and the stats guy and they don't share really a lot. Like, one definitely wins one category. One definitely wins the other. Um, I don't know what they're going to pick. I really have no idea. But I, I would invite you to play out those permutations. And if you think that Penix wins if they beat Oregon, have to bet them. Have to bet them. It's like betting the money line, but you're getting six to one. They're not going to be six to one to beat Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. I'm less confident, but like you sounded pretty confident, Nick. I'm sure people listening like, yeah, he would win. Then that's the guy that you have to bet right now. I'm just, I'm more hands off on this. I'm going to try to ride next to the finish line. I think they'll beat Washington. Too. But what if, now what if Washington goes undefeated? Jaden Daniels has a huge game and the Eagles goes 16 and one. Then what happens? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. What happens? what happens if Brock Purdy wins and has huge stats and gets Philadelphia in a couple of weeks? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what's what's all Daniel's right. EPA? That's what we're all curious about. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's day two of Lockmas. Uh, are we riding the locomotive tomorrow? Yeah, but it'll be like abbreviated. I'll, I'll have a few bets, but like we're not like that's, you know. We're not, we're not digging into the Sun Belt here the day before Thanksgiving. Sorry. So. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, we will dispense with the best of the best imaging. We'll drop the dope-ass beat and give you our NBA bets for tonight. Jake, please drop it. How about our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sports books? Once a week, you, the listener and viewer, and also us, you can play the free 8-Bit Barry game. I'm excited for this, like the, the Barry documentary, by the way. It looks awesome. The free 8-Bit Barry game for a chance to win daily prizes. You play as Hall of Famer Barry Sanders. You choose to spin, stiff arm, or juke your way to the end zone. If Barry scores a touchdown, you score a, you score a reward. Try to say that fast. If Barry scores a touchdown, you score a reward. I did it. Download, score a reward. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com. Also download the BetQL app for the tools you need to take down the sportsbooks, including five-star plays like Tyrese Halliburton, under 11.5 assists tonight in a game with a total of 480. Uh, BetQL.com and the BetQL app. Ken, in lieu of going through side, total, and prop, why don't you lay out um, your bets for tonight in the association? Yeah, sure. For uh, for side, I'm going to play the Pacers in the first quarter against Atlanta. Uh, the Pacers played by far their worst game of the season. They lost by about 40 to Orlando the other night. Um, I think, you know, a couple days off, Carlisle, a great coach, at least early in that game. I think with Halliburton, you get a really good effort. Cover the first quarter where they're a dog in the, uh, in the quarter. Uh, total, we've been playing every Suns over since Booker came back. They've all hit. They play the Blazers tonight. It's 223 over. Uh, and then for prop, uh, the Jazz uh, have a habit of getting blocked a lot. And they play Anthony Davis tonight. And Provided Davis actually plays in the game, we'll play his block alt overs. Uh, Davis is probable in the game. LeBron's questionable, but like we feel like LeBron's going to play tonight, right? More likely than not. I don't need that for my bet, uh, but if you have a bet you like in the game, then, then yeah, yes. no, yeah. I I I want to lay it with the Lakers, so I feel like we're onto something a little bit here. One, two straight. The Jazz are on the skids a little bit here. I'll lay it with the Lakers here, but obviously, like, need to make sure LeBron's playing. I feel like he's going to Davis listed probable, LeBron listed as questionable. I like the Lakers. Uh, I'm gonna play your total thought on the Suns game because I feel like you're better at this certain certainly now and usually always betting the NBA than me. So I'll roll with that. I'll play the under also in the Raptors Magic game. I play two sixteen and a half is two fifteen and a half now. I don't like either of these offenses, and I like the—we talked about this on air or off air, whatever. I like the Orlando defense, and my prop for tonight, we played it last week, it hit. Jalen Johnson over 15.5 points tonight for the Hawks in a game with a total of literally 252.5. Jalen Johnson over points. Ken, have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow on a wonderful Wednesday. Sounds good. Only limited NBA. Catch up on our sleep. Give out a lot of picks tomorrow. Uh, ben MGM tonight coming up after us. Until we meet again, dear listener and dear viewer, I'm Nick Costos wishing you minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. 
Thanks for listening to You Better You Bet. Up next, it's BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.